look at my favorite play. But before we do that, guys, who's your favorite play? Get in the comment section. Let me know your beast of the night. Maybe it's a pitcher. Maybe it's a hitter. Maybe it's your favorite stack in the night. Whatever you want to put in there, get in that comment section. Let's talk some baseball. While you're there on YouTube, if you can please take a second and click that thumbs up button, guys. Tells me you're having a good time here in the fantasy bar, and I greatly appreciate it. Now, let's take a look at my favorite play. You know him as the beast of the night. All right, Beast Simon, I spoiled some of it. You know I want to get a ton of exposure to the Houston Astros. What bat are we going with here? Second baseman, Jose Altuve, 4,500, tonight's Beast of the Night. So this price just felt way too low for Jose Altuve. When I started my research, I knew I wanted some Houston Astros. Figured he'd be over 5,000 here on DraftKings. So at 4,500, definitely going to take advantage of that. So we talked about Carlos Correa and his start against lefties so far this season. Again, we're talking very limited at-bats here. But this is a guy with a long-range track record of success against left-handed pitching. Look at these numbers for Jose Altuve. ISO. 565, one of the highest numbers that you are going to see. Wova also over 500, and all that with a 308 batting average on balls in play. So, Carlos Correa's was over 500. Altuve's sitting at a normal 308. So, nothing lucky here for Jose Altuve. The high value hit rate sitting at 25% against left handed pitching. The Houston Astros, easily my favorite stack. You can Roster any of these pads in the lineup, especially the righties here against Martin Perez. But Jose Altuve, a priority for me. First guy I'm putting in my lineup tonight. Easily my favorite play on DraftKings and tonight's beast of the night. All right, guys, that wraps up here in the Fantasy Bar for Wednesday night. Any comments, questions, feedback, whatever you guys want to talk about, that comment section is for you. You can also reach out, follow me on Twitter, at BeermakersFan. Love talking DFS over there on Twitter with you guys as well. For Rotogrinders.com, I am Beer saying salut. Best of luck here tonight, guys. As always, we'll take Thursday off. A lot of day games there. Be back for a big Friday night with more from the Fantasy Bar. Good luck tonight, and we'll see you right back here on Friday. It's time to find out who's the sharpest better on the SharpSide app. We are excited to roll out SharpSide Streak Contest presented by FanDuel. All you have to do is build your streak by stringing together as many winning picks as you can all for free on the SharpSide mobile app. Swipe as many picks as you want from a variety of player props and game lines. If you see the lock icon after you swipe, that means it's time to lock that bet in to be your favorite swiped pick. Remember, only one lock pick can be made at a given time, so choose wisely. Once that lock bet resolves, you're eligible to select another locked pick. Two or more winning lock bets in a row, and you start your streak. The best thing of all, you can earn FanDuel credit by being the user with the longest active streak at the end of our milestone dates. We'll be giving away $2,000 in FanDuel credit all the way through May 2nd. To show how sharp you are and play for free, be sure to download the SharpSide app, available for iOS and Android. It's the SharpSide Streak Contest, presented by FanDuel. And remember, you always want to be on the sharp side. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
is going on, Rotogrinders? Dean here at Steam 7904. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it's 5 o'clock on the dot on the East Coast, 2 o'clock on the West Coast, 4 o'clock Tennessee time, which, of course, we just time with a flagship show here at Rotogrinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. So today, it's one uh, Stevie, PFL, straight from uh, my old softening grounds, Florida. What's going on, Stevie? Nah, not too much. Um, today is, like, one of the most stressful days of the year for me. My daughter has pitcher day, um, dance. So she dances and they, they have four different, like like five different dances. So they have four different outfits. So my wife has been texting me and I am just so happy. I have a show today um, <laughs> and I don't have to be there. Is it weird to say this? Like my wife, you haven't been saying that often, you know, in sentences, have you? It's weird. Um, still getting used to it, but um, yeah, it's, it's just weird. And I have to go there right after this to kind of look at the photos and decide which ones we want to buy and stuff. But I'm so glad I'm not there for the process of taking photos and switching outfits and dealing with screaming little girls. You don't at least fake it like you're having a good time. You just don't even, you don't even try. It's like, whatever. It's not like, if I can avoid this, that'd be great, basically. Pretty much. Um, I was very happy to see I was scheduled today. Is there a daddy-daughter dance? Let me see. You. Is, it, is that a thing or no? That's not a thing. I have no idea. Um, we The community that I live in puts on events all the time, and they have a daddy-daughter dance. We got to get video of that. What, what, what's, I'll show you video of me dancing with my daughter at my wedding. Like, what, <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't wear, like, you know, tights or anything. Oh, that's unfortunate. I was hoping you had, like, matching outfits. That doesn't work that way? No, no. Okay, yeah, I don't partake in such, I don't know, that this is the whole world that I'm not aware of, but, uh, you know, have a good time, congratulations, and uh, we look forward to seeing uh, you tweeting out the pictures of it. I, I was hoping you'd be like, be like the funky chicken or something like that, I guess it's not, that's not how it goes down, I suppose. <laughs> funky, funky chicken, let's go. <laughs> Slide, I'm not really sure. Uh, baseball tonight, it's a nine-gamer, Stevie, how do we, uh, how do we feel about this slate? We kind of give the overview, and uh, for me, the overarching view is pretty clear as far as the screenshot. We, you know, yesterday, we had some stud pitchers. Most of them didn't really work out. Today, we got a pile of stud pitchers, um, especially for a nine-gamer. I haven't looked ahead for tomorrow, but I imagine tomorrow and the next day is going to be really ugly because we're running out of the really good pitchers. Um, but today, it's basically stud pitchers that have kind of sort of kind of scuffled out of the box, I guess we can say. Uh, and, you know, th- that that's basically, for me, that, that that's the main story of this slate. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of great pitching um, on this slate for sure. Not a ton of offenses to target, which is interesting because you know we we have all this great pitching and we don't have a ton of value either. So waiting to see some more lineups pop up to see if we get some good value bets and able to fit in these good pitchers. But it's a day that I'm certainly paying up for pitching. Um, I think pitchers are going to score enough today that like if you're not paying up for them, you're probably going to be in trouble. Um, you know when you have I have like eight guys on my list at pitching today and for a nine game slate, that's a lot. Yeah. That's like eight out of a, uh, let's see how my math is 18, I believe. Right. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Uh, there you go. There, there's no uh, Tampa. So it, it couldn't be 19, I suppose, or even 20, depending on, you know, you never really know who Tampa's going to throw in there as far as their long reliever. And yeah, uh, I have, I think I whittled it down to six, but it comes down to a lot of construction and, you know, for tournaments, I may step down if I really want to make things work impressive as far as, as far as the bats, um, oh, do want to say, by the way, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. We much appreciate that. And jump on over here to, you know, Rotorunners, Rotorunners.com. Join our community as well. Uh, also wanted to say that tomorrow, I believe, is the last day for the SharpSide. The SharpSide app is obviously free to download. Uh, the contest has been free to play as well, too. Whoever has the longest streak ending tomorrow 
uh, wins themselves a thousand dollars in FanDuel play. Uh, so let, let's dig in. Let's dig into it, Stevie. As far as the stud pitchers taking the bump, I assume. Well, I mean, and all of them can kind of poke warts into some degree, you know. And like again, you can have some fun with a small sample size. So not totally freak out, and that's kind of sort of where I'm at. I'm not freaking out as far as these pitchers. You got Max Scherzer. Uh, you know, his K rate obviously is it's, it's extreme. It's awesome versus righties, but he probably has the toughest matchup amongst the, the big names. Well, what, what are we saying the big names are today, Stevie? You know, we got Scherzer, we got DeGrom, we got the Klubot, obviously a premium matchup here against Miami. Is Nola in that conversation or is he like another tier down? I think Nola's in that conversation. Um, I think Nola proved to be a guy that, you know, deserves to be in that conversation last season. So I don't, I'm not going to take the small sample of this season, not pitching that well. Um, so Nola is certainly in that conversation. Um, Dude, I, I think your boy Caleb Smith from Miami can considerably be in that conversation as well. Like he's he's taking that next step. He has really good stuff, and he's pitching really well, and he's in that ballpark. Um, I don't know if I would put him up there with like Degrom, you know, Scherzer, and Kluber and Nola, but like Caleb Smith, probably that next level down, like right at the top of that list. Yeah, so he's definitely on my list. He's in the six as well too, and. Uh, he's not my, I'm no longer a Marlins fan. I've disowned them. They, they, they just hurt me too much. So I had to let them go. Um, they're no longer a thing for me in my world, but, uh, he is the best player in that organization. Like it's not even a conversation, right? That's the way he's, I mean, which means he'll be demanding a trade in like two years or so or something like that. But, uh, he, and he's, this is not out of nowhere. Last year he was legit too, as far as the K's and they got injured, came back this season, small sample, 29 innings. He's got a K rate, 33.9%. Uh, which is awesome. A, a swinging strike rate, uh, which is backed up there, 15.6%. Uh, facing a Cleveland team, of course, losing their DH, big negative ballpark jump for them. Of course, the tricky part is, you know, K is our king, Stevie. I, I guess we're starting at Caleb Smith. Uh, Lindor doesn't strike out much, 12.2%. Ramirez, 9.3%. Santana, 8.2%. The back, you know, the back end of the lineup in K, collectively 20.9%. But it's not the greatest strikeout lineup. Of course, there is a, a pitcher that all of a sudden can be hacking away and Presumably, it's a couple of K's on layaway, but you are getting a discount off the big boys um, as you're making your lineups. Like, how much are you prioritizing, Smith? Because, you know, I guess it opens up an extra bat or two for you. Uh, how much, how meaningful is that when compared to, I guess, the studs we'll talk about in a minute? I think it's important that, you know, it's an American League coming into the National <laughs> League. They're losing an everyday bat. They're going to, they have three lefties in this lineup. Um, just huge for Caleb Smith. You, you know, he strikes out righties and lefties about the same. But anytime you have a left-handed pitcher, you're always going to favor the pitcher to a left-handed bat. And, like, Kipnis and, and Cargo and Martin, like, are guys that can hit right-handed pitching, but, you know, their strikeout numbers go up against lefties. So outside of Lindor and Ramirez and Santana, you know, yeah. three out of the, you know, eight plus the pitcher spot, like, this is a really good spot for me for Caleb Smith. So I'm going to – I'm going to be playing him quite a bit. I think right now, like, my placeholder cash lineup has Smith and Kluber, like, just taking this game, saying there's not going to be a lot of runs, and, you know, trying to get 40 fantasy points for my pitching. And it's been it's been tough to get that this season. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bauer kind of scuffled out of the box yesterday, but he certainly salvaged those sticking around and, you know, Kang of the eight or nine guys. Eventually, he kind of got there, essentially. Um, he was perfectly fine, especially considering how the rest of the dudes uh, did. I believe I was taking a look at the uh, – the uh, the umpire data. I I don't know why I felt like in my head this one had an extreme to one way or the other. Have you taken a peek as far as the umpire data today? 
Yeah, I looked at it a little bit. The obviously the one that stands out the most is the one in the Mets game. Um our boy our boy Ron, our boy Ron behind the plate in um Is that Ron Culpa? Yeah, Culpa. Um yeah, so he's he's behind the plate. He is he's an extreme pitcher's umpire. Uh, he he his strike zone's always massively huge, but he has those games where he tightens them up a little bit, but you know, obviously that's the one that stands out the most today when we're looking at this pitching slate, but um the, the st louis umpire is really good too um it's marley um he's he's a good pitcher's umpire as well we'll do the premium peak later on the show maybe we'll show some of the umpire stuff uh, we always got to give something away as far as the premium that's going down here rg plenty of premium stuff out there we give just a slight tease every day uh you know it, it, after we go around the horn we'll show that soon enough and so the tricky part with Degrom is are we we're assuming he's healthy because he's pitching right because they of course he had that scare and as Cheese wrote in his musings, a lot of people kind of think like many people just don't trust the Mets medical staff, probably for good reason. Uh, but I assume the Grom's fine, right? We're assuming he's fine if he's pitching. Yeah. So I didn't really like him on the podcast when we did the podcast last night. Um, and I did a little bit more research today. He had a 500 bat up in that first game back against the Brewers. He's mm-hmm. got extremely unlucky. The velocity, everything looked like it was okay. So for me, I, I think DeGrom is certainly somebody you can look at on this slate for upside. He's not my cash game guy today. I, if, I was, if I'm playing cash, I think Kluber is that solid cash game play. I think Scherzer is another, you know, guy you can consider for cash. But DeGrom's growing on me more and more for tournaments today. Yeah, we'll speak of Babbitt in a second because in small samples, DeGrom's been you know beat up this year as far as Babbitt. Scherzer's been beat up this year as far as uh, Babbitt. Kluber is another guy, you know, we'll talk about soon enough as far as, you know, he's been scuffling out of the box. And I guess part of the reason is because, you know, his batting average on balls in play. Well, I mean, Kluber's at 363, Scherzer 372, DeGrom at uh, 389. All those numbers obviously skew high. The tricky part with DeGrom is we say K's are king, right? And DeGrom, of course, has this great K rate. You know, versus lefties, 30%, versus righties, 35.8%. That's last year and this year combined. You take a look at the Cincinnati lineup. Now, of course, they're not always facing guys that have the caliber of the drum, but we're talking about Votto, who doesn't K a ton. Winker, uh, not big K numbers. Collectively, 17.4%. Two guys that kind of pop from a K perspective, Dietrich and Suarez. You know, does that concern you much, or is that the reason why he's more of a tournament play? It concerns me a little bit, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're still looking at a lineup that has, like, Jesse Winker batting third. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, it's still a lineup, like, when you have an elite pitcher and an elite strikeout pitcher like DeGrom, Scherzer, you're always going to favor the pitcher compared to the lineup. And now when they're facing teams that, you know, strike out a lot, you know, obviously it helps, but, you know, you always you always factor in, you know, how elite the pitcher is. And, you know, obviously DeGrom is pretty elite, so. Yeah, and of course that's baked in as far as the, the team total and the team total today, you know, against the Grom. We're looking at less than three runs as, as as far as the projected run for the Reds, two point eight seven. So obviously Vegas Vegas doesn't care that they're not concerned, they're not scared uh, as far as any potential issues for the Grom. Uh, Scherzer, uh, how about Scherzer versus the Cardinals? Good lineup, obviously. Uh, they are slightly hit with the Fowler, who I believe is out with the he had the fish. He's not feeling particularly well. Uh, and again, Scherzer, we know about his splits dramatically. You know, he's uh, he'll rack up more Ks versus righties than versus lefties. That's the one bump uh, against St. Louis. That, that that's a positive, I suppose, because uh, what thirty point seven percent K rate versus lefties, thirty eight point four percent K rate versus righties. It's just a monster number, obviously. Uh, and we're looking at, I believe, two lefties. Yeah, Wong and Carpenter. Carpenter 
interesting leverage play. I'll just kind of throw that out there. If you want to, if you're not playing Max, I don't mind him. The one thing he's vulnerable to is lefty power. So Carpenter seems like a great uh, tournament play if you're not on Scherzer. Collectively, they strike out at 21.1%, but there is, you know, uh, some pop on that team. Stevie, you're a BVP guy, right? Which means you must be like a pitcher versus team guy as well, I imagine. I like BVP. It's not like the end-all research. Um, I like... I don't use it as much as I did before. And now that a lot of the um, batted ball profile stuff has come out, I feel like BVP backs up some of that stuff. And a a lot of it, I like the pitch ball, the batted ball profile stuff way more than I like BVP. Um, I still use BVP, but it's not like an end all thing for me. Like, you know, my BVP play of the day would be Kiki Hernandez against, you know, Bumgarner. It's funny, uh, yeah. Devin, our producer, was asking me like, "You're the guy you wanted to feature as far as your hitter today was Scratch." And I'm like, "I go, you know what? Go ahead and use Kicking Hernandez. I bet Steve you would like him." And we'll talk about his BVP, which is pretty silly against Mad Bum at a pretty big, sa- a large sample as well. Too. I believe it's 21 for 42 off the dome. That sounds about right. Uh, just wanted to point out Goldie, 18 at bats versus Scherzer, obviously the most imposing bat on the St. Louis side. Uh, 10 strikeouts, one walk, and. I'm with you. I don't, I mean, look, it's something, it's one of the seven or eight things I look at as far as BBP, but I lean more heavily on the batted ball stuff. And <clears throat> I'm perfectly fine with the guy. If a guy's hitting the ball like 95 miles per hour up a pitcher, he's one for 10. I don't care. Uh, he's hitting the ball hard. And eventually, you know, things, you know, variance is going to fall his way. And I also want to know who's controlling the at bat as far as strikeouts versus walks as well, too. Um, just wanted to point that out. I thought it was interesting. Um, I, I, I like Scherzer a good bit. And you're talking about your cash game lineup, and I'm still kind of unsettled but it's probably going to be two of the top four pitchers and just kind of which ones fit as far as the sticks, because I don't, I don't really, it's probably not the drum. It's probably Scherzer. Uh, I guess we, we can talk about Aaron Nola now, who uh, I guess he has the best matchup. Uh, well, no, well, Kluber, Kluber and Nola, we kind of bury the top two nat- matchups. Who's your favorite amongst those two? Kluber has the easiest matchup, best ballpark, all the, all the, all the signs point to Kluber being the cash game play for me today. Um, I do think he has tournament upside as well. I think, Bauer is going to scare a little people, you know, some people off. Kluber hasn't been pitching great this season, but you know he's still a guy that has a ton of upside facing a Miami Marlins team that's just bad. Um, there's just no other way to put it. And you know, Aaron Nola is facing a team that you know since the start of 2018, everyone in the starting lineup has a strikeout rate over 20 percent, um, with a combined strikeout rate of around 25.2 percent. They don't have a lot of lefties in that lineup. Only Candelario and Goodrum. It's a National League team going into American League ballpark or American League team going into a National League ballpark. So Detroit's losing that DH. They're losing one of their everyday players. Um, you know, they, they have the pitcher spot that they have to hit. Like, it, it's an excellent spot for Aaron Nola. Um, but if I'm looking at the ballparks, I know Miami is a much better ballpark than Philadelphia for pitchers. So I'm giving that slight edge to – to Kluber, but I'm still kind of debating if I'm going to play Caleb Smith or Nola as my SP2 today in cash, and I think Nola is certainly somebody you want to consider for cash games. He's going to be one of my higher-owned tournament plays. He's a he's a fantastic play today. We say this, like, you should probably play two of those five as your cash game pitchers on fans after on DK. Yeah, Kluber, Scherzer, DeGrom, Nola, Smith. You can make a strong – you can make an argument for Ryu, but he doesn't pitch deep enough in the game. So, the Giants stink, and that ballpark's fantastic. So, like, you can make an argument for him in cash. I don't like him that much for tournaments. But, um, like, th- those six guys, I-, I think, is where you're looking at um, for cash games today. 
Max Freed was a guy that I think you could have considered, but I just, I think, you know, I think that we're just going to pay up for one of the top or well, top guys. Yeah. Freed is one of those guys I'll probably consider in tournaments. Frida, you know, he's 25.6% K percentage the last two years, you know, still developing as a pitcher looks really, really good. Uh, the, at the top of that San Diego lineup, there is a lot of power, obviously with Myers and Reyes and Machado and Renfro. It does drop off. Uh, a bit in the back half Kinsler cracked it who they're talking about Kinsler is losing his spot altogether a veteran that's like no longer he's more of a name brand than like an imposing bat at this point and he may lose his spot soon enough according to uh, the beat writers suggesting that he may uh, he's definitely on thin ice they're suggesting uh Freed what, what's his uh they're kind of babying him a little bit right I, I don't know why I think uh let me run down his pitches his last so many games yeah, 87 last time out, five and change, 101. Well, eight, more so than I thought, actually. Yeah, I was at the Braves-Colorado game that he pitched on Friday, and, like, he just got into trouble in the last inning. Like, I, I'm not worried about the 87 pitches from the last time out. Like, he – it was, like, Nolan Arenado's story. They, like, hit back-to-back doubles, and Daniel Murphy hit a double as well. Like, it was just one of those things where, like, he gave up three doubles in a row and um, they went out and yanked him. So I, I'm not too worried about that 87 pitches. He was pitching really, really good in that game. Um, he, I think he's okay. Um, Tuki Tassant would be the guy that I'd be most worried about, like pitch count for Atlanta. But Freed's been really good ever since he got called up last season. And the small sample size that we have, um, he's been really good. A lot of strikeouts in the Padres lineup, but a lot of power too. So he obviously has one of the tougher, you know, matchups on the slate as far as you know looking at the top four guys in that Padres lineup uh let's see we kind of glossed over Ryu and I I, I didn't really mean to ignore him but like you said it's a, it's a great ballpark to pitch in but he's facing a Samson team it's kind of punchless but they don't strike out a ton don't have an official lineup just yet but the projected lineup as far as a K perspective is 20.4 percent uh and there always is the concern of him getting the hook but I mean he was injured that's why he left that game a few games back at 34 pitches he threw 105 and 92, the last two games. The K's obviously have been there too. 10 and 9. Roberts is still his manager, which is a slightly a bit of a concern for me. You know, a so guy. That's the only concern, Dean. <laughs> Dave Roberts is the manager. That's the only that's the only concern. Well, the other part is is you, you have you can roster two pitchers, and you know, you're not getting a big discount off of Nola, off of Kluber, off of Scherzer, off of DeGrom, but you're not getting this huge savings. And I just like those guys a little bit more, but like I'm not gonna discourage rostering him. Right. Yeah. You know, like the Giants are last in baseball this season against left handed pitching and Woba, they're striking out at a team twenty four point seven percent. So like it's a it's a really solid matchup. I'm trying to pull up um I wanna I wanna see projected ownership. Like Ryu is six percent. He's the lowest among the top five by over thirteen percent. So like that's why you're looking at him today, you know, in, in tournaments, you know, because he's a guy that can go out and get twenty five by just pitching decent in this matchup against the Giants uh is there any reason to go below all the guys we kind of spoke about as far as pitchers <clears throat> obviously it gives you a different shuffle as far as hitters but there is a big opportunity cost today Bumgarner obviously a big name but I'm not rostering Bumgarner certainly not at that price I think Freed is the lowest of willing to go pretty sure uh Quantrill the rookie there for San Diego are you old enough to remember who his father was or no probably not maybe I'm not sure uh, it doesn't sound familiar he pitched for the Red Sox Paul Quantrill no nope. no he pitched like 10 15 years or something like that 
All right. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Perez, any interest on Perez there versus Houston? Who went to pick on Houston? Perez has, um, you know, looked better at times this year. It's a guy we used to pick on all the time. Uh, but I, I just, I don't think I'm doing it. I don't think, I, that's probably not what I'm doing. The only, like, I don't mind, you know, in tournaments, maybe looking at Felix Pena from the Angels, but they're they're using the stupid opener and like i played Jalen beaks on the early slate and like this opener stuff is just so frustrating sometimes because like beaks went out and absolutely dominated the royals and pina is okay here he uses his slider a lot it's toronto they can strike out against sliders a bunch um miles mikolas is interesting because he has a very extreme pitchers umpire and he's a guy that has very good control so if he's starting to like nibble on the outside and that umpire starts to give him more and more, you know, he's a guy that could pitch really well here, but it's a tough matchup against Washington. Uh, I just, it's more of like taking advantage of the umpire. I don't remember who it was with him last year, but it was a game against, I think the pirates and like he was getting a ball to a ball and a half outside and he just absolutely mowed them down. So, you know, very good control pitcher it's interesting when you have an extreme umpire with those types of pitchers. Yeah. My answer, my, my issue with Nicholas is just that like, he's a contact pitcher. He's kind of like Stroman. I think Stroman's really good. And he seems to be fully back this year and uh, picking on an angels team. Stroman, not a big K guy. Uh, and he's facing an angels team that while terrible, doesn't strike out a lot. So what's the upside. And the other part of it is they're kind of asking a lot for, uh, for, for Stroman and Nicholas. Like what's the upside is a sort of my question. And I, I guess they'll be fine. And they're probably not going to get beat up. And he's going to give us some pop-ups and some ground outs, but I don't know. I just, I can't get excited about it. Uh, that, that's sort of where I'm at. Yeah. I can't get excited about it either. I, it's just more of like, there's nobody down here that I'm willing to play under Max Fried. Like you said, um, I was just pointing out two guys that, you know, Pena has a lot of, he throws a slider, I think like 40% of the time in Toronto stinks against sliders and Mikolas has a really good umpire if he's getting the outside, maybe like, you know, that's, that's all I was looking at. Like Felix Pena, when we're looking at guys under 7,500 on DraftKings, has the highest K prop today too. So like, I, I look at that kind of stuff when I'm just looking for something for some type of reason, Dean, to play these guys. Wait, I'm sorry. You say Felix Pena is with the highest K prop today? Under 7,500. Okay. I'm sorry. I missed the most important part of that sentence. I was like, well, wait, wait a second. What? <laughs> no, Degrom has the highest K prop today. Do um, what was it? What was the so you're saying? Are the Angels running out an opener today? Is that a thing? I know that happened once before. Is that something they're talking about? Yeah, they're running out Luke Bard um to start the game. So I would argue that's a good thing, though. I know it's annoying and all that, but like all of a sudden you flip the lineup. But you're not facing one, two, three, four, five, six. You're facing you know five first. You know depending on when he comes in, and you get to face get the weaker hitters more. Yeah, I guess if we're talking like DraftKings and Fantasy Draft where you don't want the quality, like the quality start doesn't matter as much. Like you, yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess you can't, if you pitch the innings like two through seven, you don't get a quality start, right? Correct. Yeah, it doesn't work that way, I suppose. That's interesting. But I guess you increase your chances of getting a win. You can argue that too. Um, yeah, well, the guy that opens can't get the win, so yeah. Yeah, uh, and you, you know, and also it depends what lineup you're facing. Toronto you can just kind of shuffle those names up and like one through nine, they all kind of like, for the most part, there's, only, there's a couple of good bats in there, but a lot of those bats are just kind of whatever. Uh, anything else as far as pitching that we should mention or shall we talk about some of the sticks we like? Let's talk some bats. I think we, we pretty much covered all the pitchers that are relevant on the slate and even a couple that aren't relevant that. <laughs> I 
<laughs> you know, it's like old times. We used to mention all the names today. We're not, we're not, we're digging in. You, well, you said there's like nine out of like uh, out of 18. So I think we, you crossed the ball off the board. Uh, as far as the sticks, as far as the hitters today, the, the bats that you wanted to feature that we wanted to talk about, they're both in the same team. And I think uh, you're probably, I, I suspect this team's going to be one of the most popular teams in the slate from a hitting perspective. And I, I guess you're just going to go all in on them. Yeah, I love the Brewers today. Um, at, you know, Sensatella is a guy that uses his fastball a lot. Um, 64% and 66% to lefties and righties since the start of last season. And the Brewers have one of the best teams in baseball against fastballs. Um, you know, they do a lot of damage against fastballs. Almost everybody in this lineup can hit a fastball and hit, hits it really well um, when you're looking at plate IQ. You're going to see a lot of green for fastballs. You're going to see a lot of, you know, really good numbers when the fastball increases in speed too. And Sensatella is a guy that throws in the 93 range, but he can touch 95, 96. So this is one of those spots where it's just absolutely load up on the Brewers for me. And the fact that like Jesus Aguilar and, and Travis Shaw are so cheap makes it a little bit easier in cash games to get those guys that we were talking about at pitcher. Um, and then you can throw in, you know, Moose Stockus, who's just in a great spot. I hate paying it for catcher, but Grandall's in a great spot. It's just, I love the Brewers today. Um, they're my, they're obviously by far my, my favorite stack. Yeah. I think the optimal build is like what you said, kind of spend down one of those uh, first basemen. Dude, I, I totally luck box on the Aguiaris today. And I got, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to play him. And I ended up playing him yesterday because it just kind of made my two big pitchers work and just completely luck box into a homer uh, on that. But, and, you know, of course he's begged out three in the last two days and, you know, he's been super unlucky coming into the last few days as far as hitting the ball really hard. Speaking of the stack cast data, and it's like, it was bad. It was like, oh, six, seven or something silly like that. I know he's a big boy. He's got a lot of girth and, you know, it's, it's rough to get the first base. So you'd expect his bad. might be a little bit lower, but still, uh, of course, you know, he'd be uh, the variance would work itself out to some degree. Uh, we'll talk, we go around the horn. I'm sure he'll be one of our favorite first basemen for sure. Uh, anything else you want to say as far as uh, hitters or as a guy you want to sort of feature, or you just want to kind of jump and go around the horn and we'll talk about catchers and work our way uh, around the bases. Let's, let's take a trip around the bases, Dean, your favorite thing. Um, you know, the cycle. <laughs> Stevie, come on. You know, the cycle's dumb, right? Like it's, it's a dumb thing to celebrate. Like, it's so hard to do, but it's not as hard as hitting like three or four home runs in a game. Like, well, let's just be realistic for a second. Like, Hitting three home runs in a game, I, I feel like, is harder than the cycle. Um, the cycle's hard. Don't get me wrong, but it's just – there's no reward for it. Like, there's no special, oh, he got the single now. Uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of, like, throwing a complete game shutout, but throwing a complete game, sh you know, no hitter is way harder than throwing a complete game shutout. Like, three home runs is harder than hitting for the cycle. Yeah. Uh, who's hit for four home runs? Is it Mark Witten? That's another one's probably before your time. Trying to think of a couple other dudes. There's so many. Well, now, Fernando Tatis, maybe? I think Tatis had two Grand Slams in the same inning. Papa, not Papa Tatis, not the little. Are you old enough to remember his dad or no? Maybe not. He's getting, I'm feeling no. nostalgic in the show. No, you're, you're, you're older than me, Dean. Like, you don't have to keep <laughs> pointing out. You're like, you're, you're making, you're making yourself worse. Well, I mean, I mean, look, I haven't killed over. That's what we're celebrating, right? So, <laughs> is that what we're is that what we're celebrating? Like, I don't know. Are you, are you an ageist? Is it bad that I'm older than you? It's, you know. Well, like some of the recent four home run games were like Scooter Jeanette, right? Um, JD yeah. Martinez was another one. Uh, Sean Green, I believe, may have done it for the Dodgers. I'm getting a flashback to Sean Green. No, yeah, Green did. Yeah, Green, Green did. Um, one of the most memorable ones was obviously, wasn't it Josh um, Hamilton? Hambone. Missed that oh, guy. Whatever happened. I hope he's doing well. 
because we haven't seen him at all. Well, I mean, I, I guess he's retired now, I assume. But uh, Do you know who the first person ever hit four home runs in a game was? The first person? What year What year did it happen? Do you, have you Googled? Um, I'm pulling it up. It's not who I thought it was. So I thought the first person to ever do it was Luke Gehrig because um, that's the only one that I remember. But it's Bobby Lowe of the Bean Eaters in May 30th of 1894. Is he related to Brandon Lau and the Derek Lowe and all the other Lowe's in <laughs> Gonna have to find that out. <laughs> great, 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 great grandfather. Um, yeah, there's three different Lows or Lowe's in that organization right now for Tampa, too, are up in the majors. Oh, Mike Cameron, there you go. Nicely done in the chat. Uh, Bob Warner apparently did that, too. I was not aware. For the Braves, I assume. But Mike Cameron, uh, for the Mariners, mostly? Yeah, sure. Why not? Did you play for the Orioles, too? Nonetheless, why, why am I feeling Horner, nostalgic? Horner did it as a Philly, I think, or Brave. He did it as a Brave. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember him as much else. Uh, when I was younger, like TBS used to carry the Braves, you know. So they, that's like they're like America's team, and it was like Dale Murphy and Bob Warner, and I don't remember who else was on that team. Was I remember that? growing up watching a bunch of Cubs games because they were it was always on WGN. Um, yeah, I have a lot of family from Chicago, so. Is that still a thing? Is it still on? I, I get. I, I, I have package. no idea. I watch everything on MLB, like at bat, pass, and whatever it's called nowadays. Uh, at bat, I think it's called at bat or something. It just kills me so hard because it's always like forty seconds behind real time, and you know, it's it, sometimes you'll see on Twitter like the guy hit a home run before you actually physically see it. But you know, I guess the little things. It's just a small. You get the alert that the home run happened as it's as you're watching it go out. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll see like the barrel fly out. That's what's more tilting than that. Barrel fly out. Tilting. You know what I'm talking about, right? I do know what you're talking about. Awesome, awesome Twitter account by Road Grinders. Yeah, I do follow that account, but all it does is tilt me. It's very angry. Uh, who do you like as far as catchers? Um, at the top, I think it's Grand Dahl. Uh, like I said, he he really crushes fast fastballs. Um, the other guy that you're looking at at the top is JT Romuto. Um, you get a lefty here in Daniel Norris, JT Romuto. Batting fit today, you know, those would be the two guys at the top. If I'm going down, Max Stassi is kind of interesting here. Um, 3,300 facing a lefty. Uh, Houston does have a really high implied team total today. And then if I'm going all the way down, like Tucker Barnhart at 2.9K, I know he's facing DeGrom, but he's 2.9K batting six. Uh, I, I don't hate punting catcher. Those would be the four guys that are in my player pool right now. Yeah, I don't know if I can get to Grandal or uh, or Real Muto, but yeah, I'd love to settle on one of those two. But uh, you know, obviously, one of the first places you want to look to save money when when building lineups is probably a catcher. Of course, you don't have to play a catcher if you're playing on Fantasy Draft or playing on Fanduel. But on DK, they're still forcing you to do that these days. But you got to play by the rules; they won't accept your lineup. Otherwise, let's jump the first base, Stevie. Who do we like at first? Yeah, at first base. You know, we we already talked about Jesus Aguilar. Um, he's obviously one of the cheaper options. I like Hoskins at the top. I like Freddie Freeman at the top. Um, I'm going to talk about a lot of Braves, a lot of Brewers on this um, show. Like, you know, Eric Thames is another guy that kind of stands out to me. He has really good numbers against fastballs as well. He's batting second with Yelich out of the lineup today. So if I'm going up, it's those guys. If I'm going down, like I said, we, we talked about Jesus Aguilar. The other guy that's kind of interesting here is Gary L. Um, you know, we can play him at third base as well. But again, another Houston righty. That has really good numbers against lefties. Martin Perez does not scare me whatsoever. That's kind of it. You know, Tells is a little interesting, I guess, in that late game. But, you know, first base is a spot where I'm going to either pay up or pay down. Rowdy, rowdy. Uh, I wanted to see. I was curious where uh, that's the least there. Smoke Monster a little bit more expensive. 
I wanted to see the lineup as far as Milwaukee. I want to be curious where the guys are actually playing on the field because I'm always concerned about Thames getting taken out of the game. He's in right field. Who's not in that lineup? Braun. Like, Braun might come in on a double swap. Again, no need to freak out if you're a cash game because I think it's an interesting play where you can get him for cheap. But, you know, Milwaukee's a pretty deep team. Of course, they're hurt by Yelich. I wonder if he's available to pinch hit today. I would guess not, but I don't know. Uh, he has yeah, I didn't it. think he was going to be available this re- the rest of the series is what okay. I think I read. Yeah, I- I'd like to know that if I'm Ross and Milwaukee guys. Again, for tournaments, who cares? But, I'm, you know, my bats are precious. I don't want to give any up potentially. Uh, if you have the bat by by Cardi, he actually has you know pinch hit risk in there, which is pretty cool. I'm curious where where Thames is at. I currently don't have that in front of me. Uh, let's knock out the second position. Well, oh, go ahead. Not to interrupt you. The other guy has been Gamble. Like he could be you know swapped out for Ryan Braun as well. Yeah, you're right. You're a big old hypocrite, Stevie, interrupting me. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> Anybody that missed that show? I still feel a little bit bad, but. <laughs> Not really. Rick's fine. He's in Disney. He's in, he's having a time of his life. He's forgotten about it. And I, I, I think that, it's hot today. He's he's probably hot today. It's hot outside today. I do not miss the humidity of Florida at all. Ugh, it's yeah, it's it just hits you, man. You walk outside and you open the door and it just it smacks you right in the face, right? Oh yeah. It's 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 unpleasant. Uh and uh, let's just gloss over the fact that I called second base, second position. Uh, I don't know why I did that, but that's what I, I wasn't going to correct you. Like you, you were like picking at me for making fun of Brett for interrupting me. I wasn't going to correct you. I was just going to let it keep going. And you, you, um, that, you corrected yourself. That's the perfect time to correct me when I'm already being a jerk. And then the thing is, you know, you have the extra incentive. Uh, I try you- to be a nice guy, Dean. I try <laughs> to be a nice guy all the time. I don't try to be mean. Um, second base, Ozzy Albies at the top, Mike Moustakis at the top, Jose Altuve at the top. Like, Second base is a position that I'm going to try to pay up for as much as I can today. I really like those three guys, all three of those guys in phenomenal spots today. Um, those would be the three guys that I'd be paying up for the most. And then if I'm going down, really, really, I don't like anything really under like 4K. Robinson Cano against Descafani yeah, is the guy that I'm looking at, though. I do worry about like the hand injury, getting hit by a pitch on the hand twice in one week kind of stinks, <laughs> but. It, it all everything I read was more of it was just a bruise, so I'm, I'm guessing Cano's going to be okay. Yeah, so I want I'm trying to pull it up as far as I like Disco Fani, Disco Stu as a pitcher. I think he's fine, but you know we know his splits are pretty well documented. How he's vulnerable versus lefties, and let's kind of extend it back 2018, 2019. And again, if he, Cano's in there, I assume he's okay. Uh, as far as you know, 283 ISO versus lefties, 272 plate appearances. You know the K's of course are down. The ISO, uh, the Woba just short of 400, Stevie, 397. That's just way too high. And I understand the ballpark stinks, but I know you like the Brewers, but I'm going to have, um, I don't know if it's sneaky or not, but I'm going I'm to make myself a little Mets stack today with the lefties and probably Alonzo because Alonzo's, you know, has got power versus everybody. Uh, you know, a little bit of McNeil, a little Cano, a little Conforto, maybe a Demo. Maybe he can find himself a banger uh, homer today. I know he's been scuffling, striking out way too much, but Disco is uh, certainly vulnerable. Uh, again, uh, not uh, jumping off the pages or anything, but uh, I, I think that's something I'm going to make work in tournaments. What do you think, Stevie, as a, as a tournament guy more so? You, you like the Mets lefties as a stack along with Alonzo? Yeah, I have it written out on my list, um, Mets lefties with Alonzo. Like, that's, that's what it says on my sheet, Dean. You're, you're right there. So um should be pretty low on, like you said. Um, not my favorite by any means, but, you know, it's certainly a stack that I'm looking at today. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not the optimal way to go, but I think, uh, you know, I, I don't make a ton of, uh, you know, tournament lineups, but I think I'm going to make one for sure that way. And uh, let's see. That's it for second position. How about third position? Do you like a third position? The third position of the day. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think obviously at the top, I think it's Bregman. Um, you know, we talked about Moustakas at second base. I like playing him more at second base, but I do think, like, we did talk about some of those other second basemen that were really good. So if you want to play one of those guys and Moose at third, I have no issues with that. But Bregman's in a fan, phenomenal spot, so I like him. Um, just some cheap guys. You know, Travis Shaw's cheap. Gary Ellis cheap. Like, we get some cheap guys at third base as well. So uh, depending on roster construction and how you want to pay up for pitching, you know, we get some cheap options if you don't want to pay up all the way. Yeah, I don't you – know, Arenado, if you pay all the way up, of course, in a nice ballpark, obviously it's not course field, it's not a lefty, but – Chase Anderson, correct me if I'm wrong. He's a bit neutral reverse splitsy, correct? Yeah, he, he's a he's a little bit reverse splits, but over the last couple of years, he's kind of come back to neutral. Uh, both those pitchers, Sensatella's got, you know, it's not a huge sample, but he's also a reverse splitsy too for what it's worth, uh, which uh, I'm, I'm sure you've dug into those numbers as well. So uh, we talked about Aguiar. Again, all those brewers for me, uh, obviously, there's definitely nothing sticky about, about Milwaukee. They have a team total just short of five, which I believe is the highest in the slate. Just nicking out the Atlanta for what it's worth. And, you know, with Quantrill, who really knows you're going to get from the rookie over there in San Diego. Uh, Machado, as far as I'm speaking, San Diego hasn't quite, you know, lived up to the contract, lived up to his name just yet. And we know we like Freed, but uh, you're getting a discount. It's kind of sort of baked in there and you're on the road. So he's got a better chance of getting that fifth at bat. I uh, don't mind Machado. Otherwise, it's just sort of, you know, you know if you want to go against K.O. Smith with Jose Ramirez, sure. I don't mind it as a one off, not stacking. Cleveland, or maybe just play like Lindor, Ramirez, and St. Panda together for that threesome. Otherwise, and also I, I touched on earlier that I don't hate Carpenter versus Scherzer. You're not playing Scherzer. Carpenter to me seems like the guy most likely to take one out uh, on Max. Uh, you got anything else as far as third, or shall we jump to shortstop? Yeah, the only other guy, Vlad Guerrero Jr., you know, he's kind of right above the cheap guys, under the expensive guys. Um, I don't mind him. You know, he he's obviously got a lot of power, you know, when we're looking at all his minor league stuff, but I, I'm going to kind of just be patient with him and hope the hype, you know, continues to go down until he hits that first home run. So um, we haven't projected like 6% tonight. I think that uh, that's an interesting tournament play. I feel like it's already simmered down and especially on the, you know, the West coast people, you know, there's no lineup out just yet for Toronto. And like the stats say that West coast guys are just rostered less, you know, based upon people wanting, instant gratification also partly because as a general rule the ballparks out west are not as uh, hitter friendly so i don't i think you can get vladdy really low owned if that's uh, something you're considering in tournaments uh let's jump to the outfield the outfield is not great today considering how many guys to play it is that your assessment because i don't love it we're not doing shortstop let's do shortstop first I guess, you know, I'm just asking, you know, I just want to make sure um, we get the people all like shortstop sinks today. We could skip over shortstop if you want to like uh, shortstop is one of the worst positions on the slate for me. I just, there's nothing that's really standing out to me at shortstop outside of like paying up for Correa or Gene Segura, you know, Sean Rodriguez, 3.7 K like, yeah. you know, S rod uh, against the lefty in Philadelphia. Like, you I know, we're going, I wish he was cheaper, but like, I think you can make a, a strong argument today to play Brandon Crawford, even though he's facing a lefty, he's 2.6 K. Like I'm perfectly okay with just taking that punt and just saying, get on base one time. And, and you know, 
you know, get me a couple couple points, but I'm okay with that, you know, on this slate. Yeah, I'm trying to find somebody cheap, and like obviously it's a terrible matchup, and he's not a good bat as is. The ballpark's terrible too, but we talk about opportunity costs all the time, which is like maybe a lot of people have that thought process, and maybe just step all the way up to a guy like Trevor Story. You know, uh, decent chance of five AB starting off against you know, you know against Anderson, who's you know not somebody that's overpowering the righties. Obviously, uh, it depends upon lineup construction for sure, but I definitely plan on grabbing some Story. I like Lindor as well too, despite the fact I like Smith. Um, you know, he's not going to face Smith all five at bats. Uh, I mean, if you want to make an argument for a punt, you know what? I would take like a Glacius or Peraza. I know it sounds ridiculous over, over uh, Crawford, just for the simple fact of, that there is a route to get to the Grom. If you get on base, you could, both those guys are going. The Grom is vulnerable to stolen bases. So that's at least some sort of semblance of upside. No, maybe. Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. Like, you know, Danzy Swanson batting second. Um, something chat says cheap on FanDuel. I'm going to play him in my Brave stacks for sure. But like, just looking at it, like shortstop's a position that I'm not like overly thrilled with today. It's not a position that I like feel like I have to spend a lot of time on. I'm just going to kind of mix up all these guys and hopefully I pick the right one. All right. Now the people demand it. By the way, uh, the people, you know, if you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe, jump on over to RG. If you're asking questions in chat, we're going to knock out the, as many questions as possible, probably in the last 10 minutes or so of the show. We're going to show a little premium in a second, of course. We're going to give out the, uh, uh, our favorite stacks, our favorite dongs, Evan Penn and Tetch. You kind of sort of piece that together, I suppose. But our, our fabulous multitasking producer, the D-Train, Devin, he's going to copy and paste those over from YouTube, throw them in the RG chat. We'll answer those later. If you guys are Rotor Grinders, as is, feel free to, uh, you probably hold off just a little bit of those questions and kind of load them up when you are prompted. Now, outfielders. Yeah, outfield. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think at the top, you, you're looking at Springer. Like, he's obviously one of the, the top plays on the slate for me, you know, when we're looking to spend up. Um, Bryce Harper in a lefty-lefty matchup does not worry me. I, I think he's going to be lower owned today than what he should be. So those are the two guys at the top. Um, I don't mind ever playing Bellinger against the lefty, but Bumgarner is not like your typical lefty. He's a veteran lefty. Um, if you don't really, if you're not playing Max Freed, you know, Hunter Renfro absolutely crushes left-handed pitching. So like he's in play. McCutcheon's in play. It's pretty much the same teams that we've been targeting. We're going to be targeting the outfielders as well. Um, you know, there's not really like a lot of cheap outfielders that stand out to me outside of my boy, Kiki Hernandez, who should be batting leadoff at 4k against Bumgarner, um, I'll certainly take that. You mentioned Brandon Nimmo when we were talking about the Mets. He's 3.9K. Um, he's betting six today, though. I was hoping that he'd draw a better lineup spot, but I just think when we're looking in this range, he's certainly in play. Um, he'll hit a homer in the second inning instead of the first inning. It's okay. There you go. Um, my darling from yesterday, Fran Mill Reyes, uh, who I played everywhere yesterday, like – I like him more against righties, and I think he's going to be pretty popular after hitting two home runs yesterday. So I'll have a, a team or two with him, but not a lot. Why did you like Fran Mill yesterday? Because I somebody asked, brought him up on the show, and uh, to be fair, I didn't know his price on Fandle was like 2-4. But like somebody asked about Fran Mill versus Tehran, and I'm like, yeah, I like Tehran, so I'm not, probably, probably not playing him. And uh, Yeah, I wrote him up yesterday. So Tehran, um, he just – so at the beginning of the season, his average exit velocity, his fly ball rate and his hard hit rate were all up against righties. Um, 
very small sample, but it was enough where we were only seeing, you know, Reyes had like a 10% soft contact rate against righties um, to start the season. It's like 80 at-bats, but it was more of just like trying to find a cheap guy that had upside and like his upside stood out to me looking at like the numbers that Tehran had for the start of this season and the Reyes numbers for the start of the season. It was going to be a lot of fly balls if there was contact made. And there was going to be a lot of hard contact if fly balls were, or if, if contact was made. So it's just more about if there was going to be contact made or anything. All right. As far as Kiki and Ricky and Edis, uh, the people want to know, I'm sure, 43 plate appearances, 42 official. Amongst those 42 official plate appearances, 21 hits, five dublays, four dongs, 10 Ks, what it's worth. That's a 500 batting average. That's a 599 Woba. That's a 405 ISO. Pretty silly. Obviously, the ballpark's terrible and you know, people have their thoughts about BBP, but uh, I guess you can say if nothing else, he's certainly seen Mad Bum really well. We're presuming he's going to be leading off and the price is pretty fair. Um, all right, let's jump to our premium peak. Uh, somebody was talking about here in chat they wanted to see what the premium reports are. Now, of course, uh, do you know much about the plate IQ premium reports? Can you kind of speak on that? Uh, some of the plate IQ is free, some of it's not so much. If you dig into the premium reports, it's really, really specific, but it kind of gives you a column of like positives and negatives. Well, Maybe you could speak on it better than I do because I don't know it as well as I suspect you do. Yeah, I, I don't use it as much as I, I did last season. I used premium reports a lot last season. Um, I still like to f- wait until we get a little bit larger sample size before I'm going to dig into it. But the good thing about, you know, Plate IQ premium reports is you can use from the start of last season to this season. So uh, give me a game, Dean. Um, give me a game you want to look at here. I have the Dodger one pulled up right now for whatever reason. I, I have Ryu. Versus right. po- so I have Ryu, like, specifically for batters. Like, you could literally go with the matchup. And this is all data just for Buster Posey versus Hunjin Ryu. Uh, if I go to recent trends, and, of course, you can change it out. If you don't want Posey, I can jump to, uh, you know, Brandon Crawford, who's terrible. And then you can have his recent trends. Uh, and, you know, the last 60 days uh, stuff, last 30 days stuff, and contact report and production report, and all the pitch data you want, and right. everything that you can kind of break down for, like, potentially two or three at-bats. Yeah, matchup factors is probably my favorite part of premium reports. It's going to factor in all the good stuff and all the negative stuff that we're looking at per hitter. So, like, if we're looking at the Dodgers, we're looking at Ryu against Pilar. The only positive that Pilar has in this matchup is a top-four lineup spot. Everything else is favoring Ryu. The last 30 days st- stats are favoring Ryu. Everything, elevated risk of swing and strikes because of how much Pilar swing and strikes and how much uh, Ryu's swing and strike rate is. So likely to chase more than usual. Like all this stuff is always really important. Um, I think premium reports, the matchup factors is what I what I look at for my pitchers almost every day. Um, but I don't get into like the contact report and the production report and stuff like that. I probably should because this tool is awesome, but I think matchup factors and recent trends are the, the, the two things that I use the most with premium reports. I don't look at anything else really um, because I do that in a lot of my research. Like a lot of the contact report yeah. is stuff I'm already doing in my research. So probably could save me some time. Maybe I'd need to look at it more, Dean. We got a couple people in chat. Well, we got uh, Chief talking about how he loves premium reports. Several are saying that the premium reports is great. Uh, Yisman with an interesting comment. But Yisman's watching Barry, so enjoy that. It's awesome. I, I, you know, if you can just convert one person, uh, he's talking about how premium reports is advanced BVP, and that's a that's a good point as well too. Like you said, there's for every single hitter, there are uh, a column for positive, a column for negative. If you only want to read it, you could just look at Pilar has one positive, 
he'll be holding a bat and batting early. That's his positive. Uh, that's it. Everything else is negative. He's terrible. Uh, Buster Posey, he's got he's got a few positives here for sure. Let's see if oh, what's he Brandon Crawford said. Oh, Brandon Pro- Crawford has no positives because he's he'll be holding a bat, but he'll be holding it like in the third inning. So yeah, there's really no reason to play Crawford. Uh, I don't know if, if it's in the, it's, it doesn't really say as far as the stats or the data, but like you know, uh, he's cheap. That's his positive. There you go. That's it. Uh, this kind of stuff is really, I mean, it's a lot, a lot to dig into, and it can be overwhelming for sure. And uh, again, it's specific to every hitter versus every pitcher, and you can break it down. And if that's if you have like one guy you want to kind of focus on, you can dig into that one player for five minutes. If you want to do that 10 minutes and just see how that matchup works out. Uh, what's he premium leaderboard today as far as uh, K, uh, as far as stolen base guys? Because I was talking about that for the Cincinnati guys. They have to get on base, obviously. The biggest stolen base threat, well, this is the entire day. So uh, Gordon has already played. Marte's already played. Who's the biggest? Uh, oh, Jan uh, Segura is, I guess, the biggest guy as far as, as far as potentially swiping a bag tonight, according to the stolen base threat rating. Uh, let's uh, start loading up the chat as far as some questions. Actually, I did promise I was going to show one more thing in the screen share. Uh, let's let's talk about. Uh, let's see, as far as the lineup HQ, let's let's get the people the plate IQ premium score. Who do you think's got the highest premium score today, Stevie? I know you're probably going to think Washington, but it's not. I already looked. Oh. It's McCutcheon. He's in my. I looked at it already. Um, lot of lot of favorable um plate IQ um to to uh, Philadelphia today. Hey Stevie, don't tell anybody. But look, Cano is the fourth guy. He's fourth on a on plate IQ premium score today. Conforto is sixth. Huh? Huh? You see a pattern? Maybe? Possibly? Escovani stinks against lefties, Dean. We got Jamino in chat. We talk about Jamino all the time. We tell him how he, he does the him and his team are all over the ownership, but he does all sorts of things behind the scenes. He, you know, we talk about D-Train being a multitasker to Jor. Jamino is as well. He dropped me this link before the show, and I've not had a chance to dig into it, but apparently there will be uh, bullpen stats coming out soon. I don't know if that's available just yet or if it's just kind of in the works, but you know, who likes bullpens more than me, Stevie? I love the old bullpen data. Oh, I love bullpen data too. Uh, Chris, you're going to save me a ton of time every day. Um, I look at bullpen stats a lot when I'm looking at, you know, pitching. Um, it's, I think it's very important to look at bullpen, not pitching, hitting, um, knowing which bullpens are good and which bullpens are bad. And um, Baltimore, 73 home runs allowed this season by that bullpen. Just saying. Like, that seems like too many. 70, wait, 73? That can't be right. 70, 73. <laughs> How many innings is that? that uh, I don't have the innings up in front of me. I just remember because I, I saw it this morning. I was like, wow, it's a lot. Uh, and here we took a peek as far as the uh, as far as some of the umpire data as well too. Uh, extreme hitters umpire for Pena for uh, for Stroman for you know for Pena uh, yeah for Bard as well. If you guys care about Bard, probably shouldn't. Uh, and Max uh, Scherzer's got himself an extreme pitchers umpire. Not sure if we'll need it, but uh, like you said, you were talking about Nicholas for that reason. Uh, Scherzer for sure. Uh, if you give an extra inch or two on the side or in the quarters, just forget it. Especially against a pile of righties. I understand they're pretty good hitters and. They, you know, it's a pretty solid lineup, but I, I'm, uh, I think Scherzer is my favorite. Uh, I'm going to try to get there, but if I, there are some worthy step downs for sure. All right, uh, time for stacks, time for dongs, time for the chat to ask some questions. Fire away! Give me your favorite stacks today, Stevie. Yeah, I think I've made it pretty clear the Brewers are my favorite stack. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are another stack that I like. Um, Pitcher making his debut. His AAA numbers are not that great. Um, high XFIP, high WHIP in AAA. So, 
Braves really good hitting weather. Um, you know, mid eighties to start this game. Uh, just a lot of, a lot of signs point to the Braves. So, uh, Brewers and Braves for me is my top two stacks. Yeah. And I, I like the Mets. I was a little bit off the board. I was talking about, let's see, you talk about hitting weather and I'm curious, I'm pulling up the Ross weather tool and we don't want to give this away, of course, but it basically tells you based upon similar matchups in the past, we've showed this in the screen share. We'll show it again. Uh, and if you guys are premium members, you get it for free. You can also, I believe, buy it a la carte. It's just a 14-game sample, Stevie, uh, for the for the you know similar weather conditions there in Atlanta. Uh, you know, 9.4% upgrade as far as home run expectancy, 13.5% as far as runs, and 12.5% uh, upgrade. Uh, ERA's got up 12.5%. Again, the sample size isn't huge. Uh, I'm seeing a big negative as far as home runs in that Minnesota game, for what it's worth. But total runs are about even. They're actually positive, which is kind of strange all right let's knock cold. out some questions oh go ahead did you have a thought on that i was just saying it's cold uh, that's one of the reasons why minnesota uh all right questions in the ch- oh doms who's going yard give me three dudes fire away um you want an expensive right um give my expensive home run would be give me freddie freeman uh, i think freeman goes deep today the mid-tier give me mike moustakis and the cheap home run today uh give me travis shaw Questions in the chat. Got about seven minutes before we step aside and make way for crunch time. I leave on crunch time today. Uh, it's JSU. It's Cardi. Roth will be all over the weather. If there's any weather out there lurking, thank you guys all. You have to lock. They give you, uh, you know, they break down anything late that's going down. They'll answer all, all your questions or as many questions as possible. All we have to lock. Do you want to say, by the way, uh, tomorrow, uh, tune in early. I, I'm going to be extra cranky. I think it's like 10, 15 on the, on the East Coast in the morning because it's a morning show, myself and Pepsi. 9.15 Tennessee time in the morning. Nine-ish? Whatever it is. Uh, if you're playing baseball tomorrow, uh, the morning slate is bigger than the, the, the night slate. So uh, join us tomorrow. Is I'll be super, super cranky. That'll be good times. All right. Uh, <laughs> Stevie, is that your wheelhouse? Like 9.15 in the morning as far as answering questions? For me, it's not. I don't wake up until like 10.30, 11 o'clock. So you guys can ask me as many questions at 9.30 as you want. How do you get away with that with having a kid and a wife? And how do you make that work? Uh, my wife takes my daughter to school in the morning. I work until like three or four o'clock in the morning every night, Dean. Like, oh. <laughs> like my schedule's a little different than most. Like, we do the podcast, I edit it, I put it up on the website, I do some you know research. Like, I sleep a little bit. I got to catch up on some oh, sleep I, every once in a while. I'm with you. I'm on team sleep too. I, I I'm not. I'm up till three o'clock in the four, four o'clock in the morning. I'm not necessarily working, but. Uh, that's a story for another time, I suppose. Uh, Conforto. You watch some TV shows. <laughs> Barry, Conforto, uh, Kane, or, or McCutcheon, who do you like most in tournaments? Um, Oh, man. McCutcheon, I think. I like Conforto a lot, too, but I, I think McCutcheon's the play. I think that answer is probably, like, what the rest of your lineup looks like. Yeah, you know? that's that's fair. Um, I mean, unless, like, you know, who's the best one-off amongst that group, I guess, is a reasonable question if you're not playing. Probably probably Conforto. Yeah, it's probably not Kane. Um, and maybe the, maybe the chat's right, and they're saying the Mets aren't going to be off. They're not going to be off the board. Maybe I'm wrong as far as I'm being sneaky. I have not pulled up ownership today, to be honest. Uh, how do you feel about the Jays today? A little mini stack of, of, of Toronto with an extreme hitters umpire. I'm going to pass on the Jays today. Um, I don't mind using one or two, but I, I'm going to pass. Are you cool pairing Nola with Caleb Smith? I'm sure you are. Yes. McHugh or Nola? Uh, I wish McHugh was pitching on a different slate. I'm not. I'm not. She was pitching on a different slate too. Uh, can we? Can we? Can we have him pitch tomorrow? Like I, McHugh's on my list today. I said there's nine guys. He's on my list, but 
He's just he's on the bottom of that list. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Like he, he cracks the board. Like you survey 100 people, and like maybe two or three people said uh, McHugh, and I'm not sure if they put him on the board number number seven or number eight. Uh, could, this is the same questions over and over. Conforto or McCutcheon? Uh, I would say McCutcheon is the better cash game play. I'll say that. Uh, but Conforto is probably the better tournament play. Is that is that reasonable? I have McCutcheon in cash right now, um, and I will have Conforto in tournaments. But McCutcheon's in a better spot, so it just. It's more of your lineup construction type question. Like, Conforto is going to be lower owned. McCutcheon's in a better spot. They have similar type of upside. Uh, Nola and Anderson, a good pairing. I don't think Anderson's a good pairing. Uh, yeah, or a good pitcher. How about that? Yeah, I have zero interest in Chase Anderson today. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I can't do it. Uh, I mean, any pitcher in any slate against any team can survive the slate. Uh, I'm just not doing it. Uh, Myers versus Adams. I like both those plays. You know, Mikolas, if you're going to get to him, like he's not going to, he's not going to strike you out. Not, not, not big on walks too. So he's going to give him some contact. Adams, of course, uh, has the platoon advantage there. Don't mind him, especially where he's cheap. I think he's cheap on Fandel. Myers leading off on San Diego. Uh, I know we talked about how we liked Freed, but you know, decent shot of getting five ABs. I, I'm going to give the edge to Myers over Adams. Uh, he's probably going to, he's got a better chance of getting more bats. Um, and also Adams is a slight chance he gets the pinch hit. So give me Myers over Adams. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Myers as well, um, just because I think Mikolas, with that umpire, if he's really hitting the spots, he can he can work around Adams today. So as much as I like Freed, give me, give me Myers. You know, I think that's the play. Uh, Nola and Correa or DeGrom and Culberson? I didn't know Culberson was playing today. The first one. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. I lost my spot. Let me get the good. Uh, any interest in Alfaro at, at catcher? No, we're not playing Alfaro, right? Nope. Uh, Arenado, Bregman, or Correa? I will take Arenado. Uh, Bregman. Uh, is Low Kane, that's Lorenzo Kane, ranking high amongst your outfielders? In my stacks, yes. Outside of the stacks, probably not. That is my same answer. Uh, I probably only play him in a stack. He's not necessarily a great one off. Uh, for Milwaukee bats, is that too much for a home team stack? No. Yeah. I have three in cash, so no. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if they're asking about cash or not. Cash, you don't force a stacking, but if it happens organically, perfectly fine. Uh, and I'm not sure what they're thinking as far as the home team maybe getting like losing the ninth inning potentially. But like if they lose the ninth inning, that means they, they won the game and you can score 17 runs in eight innings. Like that's possible. So, uh, yeah, I, I would not uh, discourage rostering for Milwaukee Bats today. Any interest in Justin Turner, the leprechaun? Uh, where he's cheap, yeah, sure. I don't mind him against Bumgarner. He finally got his first home run of the season yesterday, um, and he only has three career home runs before the start of May, and is, so I think Turner's going to start to come to life uh, facing the lefty. Wait, he's got three career home runs? Wait, Before what? May. Yeah, before May. He only had two before last night. For real? That is a bizarre stat. Yeah, that's why that's I'm here, a... Dean. This is why I don't sleep, Dean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I because he's he's been around for. I mean, he was a kind of a platoon guy for a while, but that's that seems weird because certainly he has more than 18 home runs in his career. But all right, we'll move on. Uh, Turner or Machado? Uh, probably Machado. Who is your top catcher? Money's not a thing. Crandall. Uh, can you use Reyes in the same lineup as Freed? I think you can because he's super, super cheap on FanDuel specifically. Yeah, I don't have an issue with that. I don't have an issue doing it on DraftKings as well. He's 3,700 over there, and we don't have a ton of value. 
do the Rockets have a chance to win a game this series? That's basketball. Um, I don't know. When you piss off Golden State, they don't typically let you win. Yeah, when you rake uh, James Harden's eyes and he's out there like uh, Sandra Bullock in the bird box, uh, you know, it, it makes things a little bit dicier. But like Golden State was going to win their way. They might, they'll probably get a game. They'll get a game. Why not? Sure. Uh, that's the show, Stevie. Uh, any final thoughts for the real for the people? No, um, pretty much everything we talked about, you know, like the Brewers, like the Braves, you know, the Mets, a little bit of stack. Um, we didn't talk a lot about Colorado. They're an interesting one through five stack. We didn't talk a lot about Houston. Their righties are in a good spot against Perez. So um, certainly a really good slate. I, I think this is an awesome slate. So, um, you know, enjoy, have some fun, win some money. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I agree. I think uh, Arenado and Story specifically are great tournament plays. Oh, and when is Tennessee starting online betting? That is, I don't know, hopefully soon, but uh, shout out to Tennessee. Good job, Tennessee. The first state to do exclusive uh, online uh, betting. Uh, apparently, it's going to be at the governor's desk. He's going to let it go. He's going to be all good with it. So, hopefully, by football season, and the odds of Tennessee being the first state to do that, uh, greater than 50 to 1. So, good for them. Uh, and hopefully, I wish every other state follows suit. Uh, it's nice to see that coming. It's turning that direction, but uh, for that, uh, Steve, oh, go ahead. Juan Soto just got scratched, um, so crunch time can talk more about that. Do we get somebody sneaky cheap there? Or Nicholas, I gets he gets a slight bump as well too, for what it's worth. But uh, I wonder. Taylor is playing. Ooh, Michael A. Taylor, he strikes out a ton. Yep. So yeah. just throwing that out there. Okay. Good job. Way to get all. Way to finish strong, Stevie. Hey, Stevie. Uh, tell the people about your NASCAR package before we leave. Actually, let's do that. Yeah, NASCAR.com slash um, or rotogrinders.com slash NASCAR. We just lowered the price uh, for the season long. So you get a nice little like $80 discount if you buy the season long package compared to buying it each and every week. So rotogrinders.com slash NASCAR, all my, all my, all my thoughts. Again, stay tuned uh, tomorrow, early, early show, like nine o'clock at Tennessee time, 10 o'clock, maybe 10, 15, 10 and a hook or something like that. Nonetheless, we got to step aside. We got to get out of here. D train's going to give us the hook any second because he's got a set up crunch time. For all your premium members, he's Stevie. I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball tonight. We're out of here. Oh!